Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. We've got some news to run down, some updates on Kyle Pitts, Saquon Barkley, Gabe Davis, Russell Wilson, Matthew Slater, lots of players to talk about today. And then also NFL analyst Daniel Jeremiah has released his second mock draft of the offseason. So we're going to kind of dive into that, see if there's any takeaways that we can look at from that as well. So go ahead, take out your coffees, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, so welcome in, everyone. Glad to see you all this morning on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Love seeing you guys popping off in the chat. I hope we have a good show today. As usual, I'm sure we will. We're going to start things off with some news, and then we'll dive into that mock draft, as mentioned. The first bit of news I have for you guys today is on Matthew Slater. Yesterday, Matthew Slater announced his retirement from the NFL. As you guys know, I'm a special teams guy. I love myself some of these players that that have found success on the margins, and Matthew Slater is just that. He made it to 10 Pro Bowls. He was a five-time first-team All-Pro, and he was a three-time Super Bowl champ with the Patriots. He's 38 years old, long-ass career in the league. Just want to give him a round of applause, some clapping, because it was an excellent career, and while all of his contributions really came on special teams, it was still incredible to watch. One of the best special teams players out there whether it be returning punts which he was okay at or just you know tackling blocking stopping the punt from getting into the end zone all of that fun stuff so just one more time congratulations on a great career matthew slater you finished with 191 tackles 637 return yards one forced fumble and even got yourself one career touchdown fun to watch you out there wish you the best in your next step uh, and maybe we'll see you in Canton, although unlikely, maybe, maybe. I'm sure this will be a guy that we at least hear, you know, should he from his special teams usage be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, probably not. You know, Devin Hester, I think, got lucky to make it because he was more of a return, you know, actually scoring touchdowns and stuff. I don't think the uh, the more blocking, tackling, uh, the more like, uh, you know, the, the, the less sexy special teams contribution is not really going to land a man in the Hall of Fame. But you know, kind of deserving when you look at other people, uh, really, because no one else has kind of had the career that Matthew Slater has, even if it was just special teams contributions at the end of the day. But we're going to move on now. Congratulations to for a great career, Matthew Slater. The next bit of news we have for you guys revolves around my guy, Kyle Pitts. We know at this point that things aren't looking great. When you look around the news, you, you have the, the general belief around Kyle Pitts that he's busted at this point. He keeps falling down dynasty rankings. People keep getting more unsure about him. And then yesterday we have a quote from the Falcons. There's a lot of things Kyle Pitts can do to help the run game. This is floating around right now on Reddit, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok. And everyone's freaking out that this quote specifically mentions Kyle Pitts will be more helpful 
in the run game next season. Well, guys, luckily for you, uh, here on Wake and Take, we've never, ever, ever, ever just read the headline, just read the bit of the quote. We've always, always, anytime there's a quote, gone to find the full thing to find out what was actually said so we don't overreact. We don't do that here. We're logical here. And here's the full quote that is a lot less detrimental. We're not oblivious to the fact of his skill sets. What he does bring the team to a receive from a receiving standpoint, there are a lot of things you can do to be creative and use his skill set in the pass game. But with him and the way we want to run the ball and the athleticism he does have, there are also a lot of things he can do to in the run game to help us win football games. You'll see him all over the field, not just out wide, but also in the box. That's a good quote. That's not... Kyle Pitts is going to help us in the run game more. That's Kyle Pitts is going to get a lot more usage, not just in the pass game, but also in the run game. And that's going to be awesome. I know that Kyle Pitts hasn't been viewed as one of the best blockers in the league, but he's an okay blocker. And I'm sure with the right coaching, with an offseason, maybe bulking up his legs and stuff, that will be okay. And we've actually seen more success from tight ends who are more traditionally a tight end, guys who do block, guys who do go out and receive. And if Kyle Pitts can unlock that part of his game, I really do think he can turn into the special tight end that we've been waiting for. A lot of, say, George Kittle's success has been coming from plays where he starts the play as a blocker and then releases out into a quick route that he then takes uh, for an explosive play. And if Kyle Pitts can unlock some of those block and release routes into his route tree, I really do think that could be nice. And I think that would help the Falcons as a whole. You've already got a really good wide receiver one. You've already got a running back freezing linebackers. And now you have the rumors that are coming out all offseason, all even last season, that they're going to upgrade the quarterback position. Getting Kyle Pitts fully unlocked, will be special, will help this team. And I'm just getting more and more excited about what we're going to see from Pitts next season. Continuously going to scream from the rooftops to buy him in Dynasty while you still can. I know I'm a homer. I know I've been saying get Kyle Pitts for a long time now, but I really do think I was just one year early last year calling the bottom. I think this is the true bottom of his value. And with the quarterback upgrade, with him being utilized in a more full tight end skill set, and with the rest of the offense taking a step forward, so will Kyle Pitts get him while all of this bad stuff is coming out that, oh, he's only going to be used in the run game. Oh, Raheem Morris only came out in his first inter in his own in his uh, press conference and said that he's excited to use B. John Robinson and Drake London and didn't mention Kyle Pitts. You know, a, a lot of these random things that don't actually mean anything have caused his value to take a little bit of a hit, has caused some uncertainty in the community. But he's still an incredible athlete, and he's going to be really good and score us some fantasy football points. Get Kyle Pitts now. The next bit of news we have for you guys is on, we'll do Russell Wilson. This one's a rumor, and I just, I have to talk about this because it's there's an important point that will come out of this. And this is Chad Ochocinco has come out and said that a little birdie has told him that Russell Wilson will be signing with the Steelers this offseason. This is not the first player to come out and say a little birdie has told him that. I believe it was Marshawn Lynch just a few weeks ago that said a little birdie told him Russell Wilson would be going to the Falcons. So you hear this talk all the time from former players saying that they have some source, and maybe they do. Maybe they do, but they're not more in the know than any other you know analyst in the NFL community just because they're a former player. What Chad Ochocinco has probably heard is that Russell Wilson and the Steelers are communicating. 
And that's the point when you hear these rumors. We say it all the time here on Wake and Take, and I make sure to really bring this point home, and I'll continue to hammer it home. I will reiterate this every time I get. When you hear rumors, there's a certain layer that you need to peel back. The, the rumor here isn't Russell Wilson's going to the Steelers, while that is the, you know, the headline. The rumor here, the, the actual takeaway, is that the Steelers are getting a quarterback. We, we know we've been talking about it, but every time you hear a rumor tying a player to one team, what that really means is that that team is doing their due diligence on that position. So when you hear Russell Wilson going to the Steelers, when you hear Justin Fields going to the Steelers, when you hear Kirk Cousins going to the Steelers, when you hear Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Steelers, what you're really hearing is that the Steelers are 100% getting a quarterback upgrade this offseason. We have no idea who it is. We'll never know who it is until it actually happens or until like an actual leaked source comes out and says something actually important. As in, hey, Russell Wilson and the Steelers have been in talks for a couple weeks. They're this close to a contract, yada, yada, yada. That is actual news. Right now, it's just a rumor, and it's it's unsubstantiated, and it won't ever be substantiated, uh, ever, really. And so I just want to iterate that, guys. When you hear these rumors that a quarterback or a player is going to a team, what you're really hearing is that a position is going to a team. There's going to be something happening in that position. And so that being said, Steelers are clearly getting a quarterback. We already knew it, as we know by them being a favorite for almost any quarterback on the market. But also just we keep hearing rumors about more quarterbacks, which means... If you believe in these Steelers pass catchers, maybe go ahead and trade for uh, or trade for them. Uh, Don't try to guess what quarterback is going to the Steelers, but maybe you could find some value in a Pat Fryer Muth in a George Pickens. You know, maybe I know it's Arthur Smith now the offensive coordinator, but that's the real takeaway here is that the weapons are going to have a quarterback upgrade. And that's where you can find the value. But don't try to guess what quarterback's going there. There's no point right now. We'll figure it out as it happens. Right now, the rumor is Russell Wilson. I'm sure next week the rumor will be my grandma or something. I don't know, but the, it changes every single day. Don't read too much into these things. Just take the the like boil it down to its thinnest possibility, and that is the Steelers are getting a quarterback, not Russell Wilson, but just a quarterback. Could be Russell Wilson. I don't think that would be a bad fit, but we'll see. We'll see. That's how I want to leave it. The next bit of news we have for you guys revolves around. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis yesterday posted to his Instagram, or sorry, to his Twitter, an eight-minute video saying goodbye to Bills Mafia. It was eight minutes of Buffalo Bills highlights, which to me actually is just eight minutes of footage of Gabe Davis's career. There is no way he has an actual eight-minute highlight video, or he just doesn't have a good editor choosing actual highlights. Sure, there's some good plays in there. Sure, some okay plays. Highlights, and a highlight video especially, should be like one and a half to two minutes, guys. I mean, come on here. Maybe maybe it's the editor in me, but come on now. You can't post an eight-minute highlight video when you haven't have, even had a thousand-yard career. Come on, Gabe. But either way, him saying goodbye to Buffalo Bills Mafia is very interesting. Uh, he is only 25. He's still a decent wide receiver. I know he has a ton of hate around the fantasy football community, but if he lands somewhere decent, it could be okay. Not many better landing spots than the Buffalo Bills, if I'm going to be honest with you. So I'm not against trading Gabe Davis right now. If you think you could get a decent return, like a third round pick or something like that, that could be okay. Uh, because I'm generally someone who doesn't like to take that risk. 
I'm generally someone who likes to keep players that stay on their same team. I mean, think about it. If Gabe Davis just spent four years on the Buffalo Bills and wasn't able to crack their roster, they're ready to move on from him after not even having a wide receiver two, hell, not even really a wide receiver three, then that is a screaming indictment for the type of player he is. And the situation's not going to get any better. So yeah, I guess I would say sell Gabe Davis for a third round pick if you can. Uh, maybe another player to take a gamble on. Maybe like a Khalil Shakir plus I think would be a great package because Khalil Shakir is actually going to be on the Buffalo Bills next season. So just keep that in mind. If you have Gabe Davis on your roster, it's looking like he's leaving Buffalo. Uh, at least, you know, that's what you would expect when he posts an eight minute video saying goodbye to the city. But, you know, maybe he's just doing that for contract negotiations. Who really knows? Either way, he's scheduled to be a free agent. We'll continue to watch this as it unfolds. And definitely curious to see where he lands, although I'm not going to be as excited in Gabe Davis as I would be if he was just a Buffalo Bill. So, let's see. I have just a couple more news items for you, and then we'll get into the mock draft. First off, it looks like I didn't make a, uh, a little picture frame thingy for it, so sorry about that. But Saquon Barkley. This is something I don't like to talk about a lot, but it's, you know, that point of the season, and it's fun to speculate. Again, this is speculation. This is just rumors, but a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we had an episode here on Wake and Take, and we ended it by me having you all put your hands up into the sky and just manifest and ask for Saquon Barkley to go to the Houston Texans. That's something I really want to happen. I think it would be fantastic for not only Saquon Barkley, but for the Houston Texans, and our manifestation may have actually worked as yesterday, Saquon Barkley followed not just CJ Stroud, not just Tank Dell, not just Nico Collins, but also Brevin Jordan on Instagram. You can go look at his most recent followers and it's those four and a furniture store in New York City. Maybe he's shopping for some furniture before moving out into Houston. Not familiar with the, with the scene in Houston, just wants to get some good old New York furniture. I'm not sure, but I think it's interesting, especially since the Texans have been tied to Saquon Barkley for a long time, or a, not a long time, like a month or two now, uh, but still interesting. I would love it. They have the money for it. They can just move on from Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce would be a fine backup to Saquon. Nice little change of pace power guy. Uh, and that would be a really, really good offense. And again, we did it here on Wake and Take. We all put our hands up in the sky and asked for it to happen. And so it's cool to see it kind of lean that way as this offseason continues to trek on. So let's go ahead and do it again. Saquon Barkley, please go to the Houston Texans. Please go to the Houston Texans. We'll move on. The next piece we have for you guys, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's a really tough subject, but we're going to talk about it as usual here on The Wake and Take. We don't shy away from this stuff. We've already had a whole episode on it, so why not? There have been some updates on the parade shooting. First and foremost, I just want to send out my thoughts and just general well wishes to the family of Lisa Lopez Galvin again. Uh, she was officially buried this week. And the story here is that she was buried in a Harrison Bunker jersey because they both share a Catholic faith. Uh, Harrison Bucker actually reached out to the family and was able to get them a jersey as that's not one that's uh, easily available as he's a kicker. And I just thought it was cool on Bucker's part to make that happen. And really just cool to see all the community outreach coming from the Kansas City Chiefs in this scenario. Again, absolutely horrific. My heart goes out to everyone involved. Our newsletter editor, Cameron, uh, he was actually at the parade. So that's some really scary stuff here affecting the Roto Underworld in general. Uh, so Anyway, that's the update there on Lisa Lopez Galvin, officially laid to rest. God rest her soul. Really, really tough story. 
uh, but she got a Harrison Bucker jersey from Harrison Bucker uh, to the family. I'm sure some other stuff as well. That's a kind of good bit of news. And then also two of the shooters have been charged with murder. Uh, uh, they, they have been charged, so the trial will go on. We understand now that the legal system is pretty long here in our country, but still, these guys played some stupid games. They're going to win some stupid prizes, and they're being held right now. Probably not going to be able to do any harm ever really again because of the magnitude of this event. They did say, so we so last week we kind of speculated that it might have been some like gang violence or something. That's kind of what this is turning into. So supposedly, the shooting started because one guy looked at the other guy for too long. I can't make that shit up. I literally cannot make it up. They they looked at each other weird. It, he did it, it rubbed him the wrong way how he was being looked at and so he just decided to start shooting. Absolutely terrible, awful, immature, irresponsible. I could go on and on with bad adjectives. Hate to hear that part of the story. Uh, and really just can't believe that something so stupid and small has led to one woman losing her life and roughly 20 other people getting injured and shot in this scenario. Just uh, horrible, horrible, horrible stuff. But that's the updates I have for you guys. That's all the NFL updates I have for you guys in general. But as mentioned on the thumbnail, as mentioned in the title, it's time to look at Daniel Jeremiah's Mock Draft 2.0. But before we get into that... We've got to hear just a little bit more about the Dynasty Dominator as we're working on some good things. This episode is brought to you by Player Profiler, the Dynasty Deluxe Package. The rankings are the best in the industry. It includes strategy mode where you can say, hey, change the rankings to be win now. Oh, change the rankings to be productive struggle. There's also a draft planner to help to strategize where you should take players because the draft planner also includes ADP. There's a trade finder where we look up on my fantasy league and we see trades that are done, including a particular player. Then there's a trade analyzer where you can plug in draft picks, players, and we assign a lifetime value to draft picks out five years. The best thing about our trade analyzer, it can't be gamed with volume. And there's mock draft data to see right now what's the market for player X versus player Y, including in the fall when very few mock drafts are happening. And our Dynasty Guide, the Dynasty Dominator would cost you 10 bucks on Amazon, but you get it for free with Dynasty Deluxe and you get our Rookie Guide for free, a $25 value. So you get all of that for 45 bucks. I mean, it's a great deal. It is a fantastic deal. Great stuff. All of our tools at Player Profile are fantastic. Don't just stop at the Dynasty Deluxe, but get the all-in package as well. Everything is starting to build as we've updated the draft section. Combine is right around the corner. You guys know it. You're Player Profiler faithful. You know the good stuff. Go get that all-in package uh, for next season whenever you get the chance. So Daniel Jeremiah has released his second mock draft. We like to talk about Daniel Jeremiah's as he is usually one of kind of the, the earlier people here, one of the more knowledgeable and of course works for the NFL. So, so you can kind of feel like, you know, it's a, it's a bit more like fruitful of what, of what we're learning here. And I think there were some interesting takeaways in this mock draft 2.0. Again, things are always subject to change and I'm going to use my big precursor here in that really what the big takeaway here for a lot of these is that these teams are interested in these positions, maybe not the actual player. So we're not going to have much of player analysis here, but just some interesting thought. And we're not going to spend too long on this. So we'll start. Daniel Jeremiah does have Caleb Williams going to the Bears at number one. And what's really cool is they actually follow that up with a pick number nine, taking Rome Adunze. So the Bears could walk out of here with a team 
headed by Caleb Williams with DJ Moore still at wide receiver and Romo Dunze on the other side and the great Roshan Johnson at running back that we're still waiting on that breakout for. So the Bears could be looking pretty good next season with this draft. I like that a lot, getting a quarterback and then another wide receiver. I thought that that was really, really cool and something we could see uh, for sure because I do think at this point they are moving on from Justin Fields. I think that's a pretty much uh, guaranteed scenario. And then the Commanders at number two right now, Daniel Jeremiah has them taking Drake May. That's about standard. That's about what everyone's saying. I think it makes some, some amount of sense. I wouldn't be surprised if by the time this draft process finishes, though, we do see another quarterback taken at number two, whether it be all these J.J. McCarthy rumors, whether it just be Jaden Daniels, you know, actually backing up his Heisman with a, with a really good combine performance, what have you. Either way, I'm not so sure if Drake May will, will finish this draft process as the second quarterback taken that's just a gut feeling uh that's just a gut feeling where it starts to get interesting though is pick number three where a lot of people have been having the patriots take a quarterback daniel jeremiah actually has them taking marvin harrison jr right now which i don't hate i know the patriots really need a quarterback but they also really need a wide receiver and not many wide receivers like marvin harrison jr come along and the Patriots have spent years now trying to get this draft pick right. This one's staring them in the face. They can finally get a really good wide receiver. Uh, and they can, I mean, maybe Mac Jones can kind of be revitalized with a good re receiver core, better offensive coordinator, yada, 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 the list goes on. So either way, that's what Daniel Jeremiah has the Patriots doing at number three right now, Marvin Harrison Jr. And I don't necessarily hate it. Who would hate it, though, is Cardinals at pick four who want Marvin Harrison Jr. desperately. They have to settle for Malik Neighbors in this mock draft. Not bad, but of course, I think the Cardinals' dream scenario here is quarterbacks at one, two, three, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. falling to them. I'm sure they are nervous that the Patriots could take Marvin Harrison Jr. again. The, all the rumors are out there that they want a quarterback, but they need a wide receiver too. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they will take quarterback at number three. And I don't hate Marvin Harrison Jr. at three, Neighbors at four. And then the Chargers taking Joe Alt, the offensive tackle at number five. A lot of people are expecting them to take uh, Brock Bowers, but I don't know. Top five is just really hard to do for a tight end. The Falcons didn't find much success doing it with Kyle Pitts. I know Brock Bowers is a great talent, but the Chargers could definitely use the offensive line help. And I do think kind of with the, uh, with, with Harbaugh coming to town, they will like just the kind of more standard NFL offense that has the really good offensive line that wins in the trenches, has a solid run game with an, a balanced pass attack. And so an offensive line that makes a lot of sense there. At pick number six, though, a very interesting wrinkle. So we've seen now we're at pick six and Jaden Daniels is still on the board. And that's who Daniel Jeremiah thinks the Giants might pick. They think that, that he thinks that the Giants might take Jaden Daniels and move on from Daniel Jones. I think that's very interesting. I would have assumed that the Giants would ride with Daniel Jones one more season, given it kind of ended to injury. The team was just weirdly cursed by the by in this last season anyway. Uh, and they just gave him a massive contract. So it seems weird to go ahead and move on to the rookie quarterback route. But, I mean, that's pretty good value staring them at the face. So then the Titans take offensive line at number seven with uh, Fashanu. I think that makes a lot of sense given, I mean, they have a lot of needs elsewhere. But getting an offensive lineman is solid. Also, Daniel Jeremiah did come out and say at the beginning of this mock draft that he didn't feel like doing trades yet. He wants to wait closer to the uh, uh, to the draft itself to try to uh, speculate on some potential trades. I think this is one where the Titans might trade back because they could really use a wide receiver. And I, I mean, while they could use offensive line, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they traded back from number seven. The Falcons is the big pick here. At number eight, Daniel Jeremiah has them taking J.J. McCarthy. My thoughts on this pick are it's not terrible. I just, even as a Michigan fan, I'm going to be one of the guys that are higher on than a lot of people on J.J. McCarthy. I know a lot of people, especially here at Player Profiler right now, are screaming from the rooftops that he's going to be a bust, that he's a bad Brock Purdy, yada, yada, yada. I don't believe it. I still think he's a really solid quarterback, but just not much more than that. He is a game manager plus, as Podfather called him in one of our most recently most recent TikToks. Go check that out. But I do think he'd be a solid quarterback, especially with those weapons. I just don't see much ceiling with it. I feel like that J.J. McCarthy on the Falcons would be a team that wins the NFC South and then sputters out in the playoffs every year. I don't know why. That's just how I feel about it. I think he'd be an okay quarterback, a guy who's reaching, you know, 3,000 pass yards each season, 20-something touchdowns, a low turnover rate, but nothing too special. Uh, But either way, solid pick. Don't hate it. They do need a quarterback. Anthony points out he'd fit the offense pretty well. And I think that I, I really do. I, I really do think he would fit the offense well. I just don't see much ceiling with it, but that's okay. I mean, that'd be a really good floor offense. And especially with those weapons, that's about all you can ask for. So then pick number nine, as already mentioned, was Roma Dunze by the Bears, them going, Caleb Williams, then Roma Dunze. The rest of the picks for a minute here are just offensive line, edge rushers, yada, yada, yada. So I don't feel like talking about it. But the next kind of important fantasy football pick, what I thought was very interesting that I could get very excited for, The Bengals at pick 18 taking Brock Bowers. I think that's amazing. I love the Chargers landing spot at pick five, if that is the route the Chargers do decide to go. But if they don't, Brock Bowers could definitely slip. And the Bengals taking him at number 18 is a dream scenario. Uh, I think that's incredible. We saw Tanner Hudson last season be really good for fantasy. Well, not really good, but good for fantasy football. And I think an actual good tight end in that offense would be incredible. We've seen CJ Uzoma be okay. We've seen Hayden Hurst be okay. We've seen Tanner Hudson now be okay. An actual good tight end in this offense would be incredible. Brock Bowers going to the Bengals at pick 18 would just, it would just be amazing. So I really hope that happens. I loved seeing that and I hope it happens. That's, we're actually, we're going to do that. Just like with Saquon Barkley, we're manifesting it. We're manifesting Brock Bowers to the Bengals. Let's do it. Let's go, Brock Bowers to the Bengals. Let's do it. Brock Bowers to the Bengals. Awesome. Love it. The next important fantasy football pick. Just to kind of lean back into the takeaway of what teams might be, you know, kind of looking at this draft process, and it's the Texans. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah expects the Texans to take Brian Thomas Jr. Uh, in this with this with their pick. Uh, I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I think it is interesting that the Texans could pick wide receiver, and I think that's the takeaway I'm taking here. I just don't know if Brian Thomas Jr. is the wide receiver. I feel like he's he, he has a bit too much Nico Collins in him. Not as explosive, but still just kind of being the big body threat at 6'5", scored 17 touchdowns last season. Uh, so I, I don't know if I like that pick in general, but I do not mind the Texans going the wide receiver route, although I'm not sure if that – I don't know. I get, It's okay. They're, I mean, they're a good team right now. You know, like they don't have a lot of needs. They just made the playoffs. They just won their division their first season. The defense really came together. So, I mean, the wide receiver would be a good pick for them. Get that kind of luxury offensive weapon. Give CJ Stroud even more, you know, love. But I don't know if I feel like Brian Thomas is the answer. Uh, We'll see. The next offensive one is the Buccaneers taking Adonai Mitchell. This is probably going to happen. The Buccaneers taking a wide receiver. The more and more we look at it, maybe in the second round, they'll do it. But either way, the Buccaneers are probably going to heavily be in wide receiver as we watch these rumors unfold now that uh, Mike Evans is probably not returning to Tampa uh, at all. Uh, And then Chris Godwin's only getting older. So 
they'll probably attack this. And Adonai Mitchell works. He's 6'4", 190 pounds. He scored 11 touchdowns at Texas last season. He could kind of be a Mike Evans light for sure. So I don't hate that pick. Don't hate the Buccaneers getting a wide receiver. And then with pick 32, Daniel Jeremiah has the Chiefs taking Troy Franklin. And I think, frankly, that would be unfair. If the Chiefs get Troy Franklin at pick 32, they're probably going to win the Super Bowl again. He would fit perfectly in this offense. The dude ran a 4-4 out of high school. He's 6'2", 170 pounds, so he's this speedy wide receiver archetype. Had 14 touchdowns last season. I think Troy Franklin will be dangerous on the Kansas City Chiefs. And also, I think it's a foregone conclusion that the Chiefs will be taking wide receiver here at pick 32. So it's just going to be awesome to watch whoever they get. But I do love this Troy Franklin pick, and I do think that they will be looking at speed. So it's probably going to be Troy Franklin or Xavier Worthy. But start getting that picture in your head. Start thinking about that. Maybe getting your late first round rookie picks to take a chance on whoever they pick. Because I do think they'll be amazing for fantasy football with Patrick Mahomes leaning into his arm again if he actually has a weapon. So that's kind of all the big fantasy takeaways from this mock draft. I think there are some interesting ones here. Patriots may be taking Marvin Harrison Jr. The Bears getting Caleb Williams and Roma Dunze. The Falcons getting J.J. McCarthy. The Bengals getting Brock Bowers. The Chiefs getting a nice speedy rookie wide receiver threat. Could be great. Excited to see how the draft actually unfolds. And thank you to Daniel Jeremiah for putting together a mock draft. Might have to do one of those on Wake and Take soon. Maybe. Maybe. So let's check into the chat, see if there are any questions. Uh, let's see. Uh, Anthony says, was better to bet QB landing spots pre-Super Bowl much longer odds? Yeah, that's true. That's something to keep in mind next season because I think we all know, right? I mean, I've been saying Justin Fields since like week four last season going to the Falcons. I can't even imagine how much money I could have made betting five bucks on Justin Fields being the Falcons quarterback in 2024. Either way, the further you get away from the season starting, the more the odds are going to be better for you. So just keep that in mind as we go on through this season. Uh, what is Chris Olave's value in 2024 picks? I would have to imagine at least one first round pick. I'm not the greatest at draft pick valuation for some reason. I just don't get it. And it varies from league to league. Um, I'm more of a player to player kind of guy, like tearing up, tearing down. But I would say, I mean, he's at least a first. I think with, you know, the kind of trepidation around him in, in just the market in general, not sure what's going on with Derek Carr, not sure what's going on with the Saints, him kind of being disappointing-ish. I would say he's probably right at a mid first round pick, maybe a late first round pick. I don't think he's in two first round pick territory. Uh, maybe two seconds could get you talking as well, two, maybe three seconds. Uh, but either way, I think it probably ends uh, like his highest value is probably a mid first. Um, let's see. Uh, and Shuka Baby has a trade. You have the 102 and 104. You're taking neighbors or Harrison. Uh, whoever doesn't go 101. Should I just take Bowers at 104 or try and trade down? Um, well, I mean, hopefully your draft isn't until actually after the NFL draft. I am a big kind of seeing where the landing spot goes. But as of right now, yes, I would just take Brock Bowers at 104. I think that that's the easy solution there. I know he's a tight end, but it is one QB. So none of the quarterbacks are really going to be worth it. And at this point, we're not sure what wide receiver is going to actually be worth it at the 104. Brock Bowers, especially if he goes to the Bengals, is going to be a smash. So right now, that's the answer. But who knows? I mean, there's – look. It changes so much from this point. I remember two years ago, if people were doing rookie drafts around this time, Traylon Burks was the 101, like over Brees Hall, over Kenneth Walker, over Chris Olave, over Garrett Wilson, over Christian Watson, over yada, 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 the list goes on. Sky Moore 
was like an early first round pick at this time two years ago. Last year, we kind of had the same situation with a lot of players like Quentin Johnston being an early first round pick for a lot of people. So I just I think that things are going to change a lot. I do think that 104 will be valuable come, you know, your actual rookie draft uh, just because uh, we're going to see landing spots. And when wide receivers get their actual landing spot, that's when the things really could increase. I mentioned Troy Franklin or Xavier Worthy going to the Chiefs. I think with that landing spot, you could be talking about one of them probably reaching into that early first round discussion. So just hold on to your pick for now. As of now, I'd say Brock Bowers, but I wouldn't be surprised if things change. So thank you all so much for tuning in. This was another fun episode of The Wake and Take. Tomorrow, I'll be joined by Bradley Stalder as we kind of do some of this more stuff, breaking down the news, talking about the news desk that's been kicking ass over at Player Profiler. So make sure you tune into tomorrow's episode. That'll be a fun one. Uh, and before you head out, don't forget to like this video. Don't forget to subscribe and check out Player Profiler or check out Wake and Take podcast. It's on Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're on there as well. You don't just have to find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. You guys all have a wonderful Wednesday. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good rest of your week as well. Where's the end screen? Peace. Peace.